Ladies and gentlemen, Uzi here with another episode of On The Record. We're back. Literally a day later, we're back. And that's because the mid-chapter dev update notes were something to behold. I, I think, had my longest solo podcast, 43 minutes and some change the other day, that was released onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it at. But I'm still left wanting to talk more about it. So, obviously, a lot of people are upset about these changes, and there are other people who are very happy and opportunistic about what the future holds with Dead by Daylight based off of these changes that have been recommended by Behavior. Once again, this is going to be a PTB release next week, and Behavior is going to look at the community response to see how many people love it, how many people hate it, what things seem really broken, and they're going to make adjustments. And so I'm going to be talking about metas, adjustments, numbers, and all of the snazzy jazz today with all of you because I think that people are looking at it from a very pessimistic standpoint. So first of all, I'm a killer main, and I want to say that because I know some people are like, well, that's the reason why you're saying these things. But even though I say I'm a killer main, it's because I prefer playing killer. I guess you could say I equally run survivor and killer, but I'm a killer main in the aspect that, or in the sense that I prefer running killer and I just have a better experience running that. Specifically, I've, I've ran all killers to some degree. I have mastered a variety of killers and I just feel like at the end of the day that these changes are very healthy for the game but that is also based off of the way I play the game. It's very different than other people. I'm a very kind killer in about 90-95% of matches. I would say that you know sometimes things just happen that lead and result into misfortune for certain survivors. But it's never my intention. I don't share malice towards anyone leading to those actions of someone being tunneled. If someone's hiding and I can't find the person who's hiding, then I have to go after the person who's just unhooked, for example. Anyways, enough about that. I do want to talk about why I think the game's going to be in such a healthy state if things go the right way. So, before I talk about all the numbers of healing and I talk about all the nerfs that is going to certainly change the game, I think that the game is in a really good state if everything goes the right way because we're shifting from a 3-gen meta to a chase meta. And for those who are confused by that, I feel as though right now the main meta is to run Eruption, Call of Brine, Overcharge, Nowhere to Hide, Pain Resonance, and hold a 3-gen. And some people may be wondering, how can you hold a 3-gen with Pain Res? Well, if you're just you know, filtering hook states between survivors you're constantly getting that pain res value. But with the most recent update to pain res, according to behavior, it's only on the first hook for each survivor, which essentially kills pain resonance. All in all, I'm extremely happy that that change is being implemented because it's a healthy change. But it also is a strategic change. If you're running a four stack and a person has already been hooked, well, guess what? You're probably going to have that person who was initially hooked going to that specific unhook on the other survivor so worst case scenario you get traded and although you may be closer to the death you're also removing any chance of pain resonance disrupting a teammate's generator so there's strategic ways to avoid pain resonance now however 
Oh no, it, it, the, the perk's gone. I, I do not foresee it being utilized in any capacity. I was very reluctant the other day as well when I was talking about Pain Resonance. The, the numbers were like 15%. And I was like, maybe it should be 20 but then I was like, no, 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 I guess 15 is fine. But after thinking about it, you only get four utilizations. I think I even mentioned Pop Goes the Weasel, how it's every time you hook someone. And so I now stand by, I think it should be 20% of total progression. I know that's pretty insane. But you got to think about it. That's a lot of progress. But you can also make the counter argument, hey, if you make it any higher and someone gets tunneled out of the game, then you're filtering this hook for the first time between three survivors and they're never going to be able to work the gens in that case, which is a valid point. So, you know, all in all, it depends on how you look at the situation. If someone gets tunneled out of the game and you're cycling pain res hooks between three survivors, it's pretty much chalked and that's going to be a really difficult situation to overcome. But... At the end of the day, not everyone tunnels, not everyone plays that way, but some people do, and behavior chose try to keep those things into account. I think it's very important to do so, because at the end of the day, that's important. If you can try to shift away from a tunneling meta, because I feel as though tunneling has been the worst it's ever been in DBD history, despite having built-in BT, it's just an unfortunate situation. So I think that removing all of these essentially super strong three gen perks lead to it being a chase meta so people are going to be focusing on chasing survivors more and hooking them and getting them out of the game rather than just staying in the same area and prolonging a game for 30 to 40 minutes literally as soon as the skull merchant was released i had my longest matches i've ever had in my dvd career and that's just really sad and i truly think the skull merchant was even worse at holding three gens when I say worse, I mean it just prolonged it even more than the night. And I'm not saying the night's worse. I'm not saying the night's better. I'm just saying it felt like the Skull Merchant was just able to apply a lot more pressure because you were just constantly exposed. You're literally killer instincts available to the killer, and they're trying to make a play. But they reworked Skull Merchant a little bit. Now I don't see Skull Merchant being utilized at all, which is kind of sad. But I actually think Skull Merchant is more fun to play. Now, when I run Skull Merchant, because I've ran a couple matches with Skull Merchant since the update, I actually think Skull Merchant is a little bit more fun to play as, because it focuses more on the chase, because once someone actually has the trap pinned to their arm, it's like, alright, now I have something to work with. I have an information on where they're at, I have the ability to wrap around a pallet, and if they decide to vault the pallet, then they're forced into a situation where it automatically breaks. I think there were good changes. I really do. I think the Skull Merchant's in a really good state for how the Skull Merchant really can be. I wouldn't make any other changes besides obviously reworking the killer, of course, but I still think there's a lot of killers in the game that need like minor or major reworks, but, you know, all in all, I don't think we're ever going to get that. I just think that Freddy, for example, is a killer. I still think we could rework, you know, I think I mentioned in my last podcast that, like, the original Freddy was really cool because he couldn't even injure you until you were in the dream world, and so I think that if they would implement cool aspects back into the game, such as, you know, a unique killer, that would be really cool. And I guess Skull Merchant in their own right is unique, it's not fun to play against, and that is an important factor in Dead by Daylight. But now that we're in a chase meta, I think it's going to be more focused on chasing, and I think that's the most fun part, at least for me, in Dead by Daylight. I can't imagine that more people enjoy just sitting down and working a generator the entire match than being chased by a killer. But once again, everyone has different qualities to them every single human is different in some way shape and form 
So that just might be better for some people. Some people might just enjoy hitting those great skill checks, and that might be satisfaction for them enough. They might be running Fogwise, and they get that informational match, and it's a good time for them. Some people prefer the stealthy playstyle as well, and so they probably feel good when they know they were able to stealth the killer. And so, oh no. Everyone has their own playstyle, but I prefer being chased by the killer. Whether it's you know, 10 seconds because it was a cracked nurse, or you know, 10 minutes because I was just able to make all the right moves. But, you know, we do have to focus on some concerning variables, and that is that some people are going to take advantage of the 24 second by default healing speed. So it was previously 16 seconds, which is currently now as I record this podcast. And I really don't have a problem with this. I know a lot of people do. Some people are saying drop it down to 20. But I think 24 is a good number. And I'll explain in just a second. However, I do think that it's a really bad idea that they're nerfing medkits in terms of the altruistic healing. And I'm going to talk about that now. So the camping medkit is now 20%, which was previously 25% for altruistic healing speed. The yellow medkit was 35%, but now 25% in terms of healing speed. The altruistic healing speed of an emergency med kit is now going to be 30, but was 50. And it no longer increases the speed at which you heal yourself, which I completely agree with. That is exactly what should have been done. I agree with that part. And then the ranger med kit is now 35%, which was previously 50. And I just think that these changes are really bad because I think the med kit should have always promoted altruistic healing, and so I think they should revert the numbers a little bit better. So I think the Ranger Med Kit should remain 50. The altruistic healing for emergency med kits should be like, you know, 40. I think the yellow med kit should be like 35, 30. And then I just think the brown med kit should be, you know, probably like 25. I think that's a good number. Oh, no, I think that is what it should be. I think those numbers should be reverted back to the original percentages for altruistic healing or just brought a little bit higher than what they're trying to revert them to so i don't like that because i don't think you're gonna really see med kits very much anymore and when you think about what's going to take over toolboxes and so generators are going to fly faster than they ever have before because of perks such as overzealous which is going to be used significantly more especially with the utilization of inner healing which will allow you to heal yourself and i'm going to be talking about some metas here in just a second so healing yourself is pretty much chalked unless you want to spend the 424 seconds of healing. But there are plenty of perks in the game that allow you to heal faster or allow you to already be partially healed. So a lot of people aren't talking about some perks in the game, but I'm going to be the one to bring up the perks that are just kind of hidden gems. Solidarity. Solidarity is a perk in the game that allows you to essentially gain, if I remember correctly, 50% of the healing progress that you get on healing another survivor so if you stack that with resurgence you're actually fully healing yourself and i don't believe i'm wrong in any capacity on that but if i am wrong please comment because you know at the end of the day i'd rather be informed and i don't want to misinform people but to my recollection solidarity heals 50 percent of a total heal when you're healing someone else and so that would be an extremely useful perk stacked with resurgence you're fully healing yourself for those who don't know what resurgence does it allows you to hop off the hook 50% healed. We'll make it as a perk that allows you to heal 100% faster once you unhook a survivor, which therefore will turn that 24 seconds into 12. And people are wondering why these things are so scary, but there's perks to let negate this long healing time. 
the biggest concern is if a killer comes back the tunnel because you might not have enough time. But if I hit a survivor and they can heal themselves in a matter of eight seconds with an emergency med kit, the 35, 45 seconds that I spend just trying to hit that survivor are all for nothing. So there needs to be some penalty to a survivor being injured. If they want to move the time to heal by default to 20 seconds, I think that's a good number. But either way, I think that medkits shouldn't be designed to heal yourself at a faster rate. Rather, I think that perks should be utilized to heal yourself at a faster rate. You, you should be able to sacrifice perks. And resilience might be a little bit more common because it gives you that increased healing as well as other functions. And in all in all, some people might just prefer to stay injured, such as myself. So resilience is an extremely nice perk to have in your back pocket. If I remember correctly, it's 9% for healing and a bunch of other functions. But, th th you know, there's autodidact, which is, in my opinion, a hidden gem. I know that people hate on the perk, but I think it's really, really good. The problem is that you really see it utilized unless someone's using sloppy butcher and you're actually able to heal for more than a couple seconds. And I'm going to be talking about some of the killer perks and the mangled effect here in just a second as well. So, with that being said, we, we do see that, you know, there are plenty of survivor perks that can essentially negate a lot of these longer heal times. So, people shouldn't really have to worry and they shouldn't have to feel like it's base kit either because you don't have to bring these perks, right? I mean, everyone's pretty much running the same perks anyways. You'll probably see Adrenaline shoot up a lot more than it already has. I feel like Adrenaline is already one of the strongest perks in the game, but you're going to see that go up, and that's totally fine. If you're able to complete all five generators while injured and then you know have full health afterwards, then by all means. And that's why I think that Adrenaline and Toolboxes are going to synergize extremely well. I think that a really, really good synergy build would be Overcome. Well, I don't want to say Overcome. Uh, overcome, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it, is going to take a tank because it's going to take longer for you to heal yourself. So people are, don't want to always be injured. So you're going to see that perk go down a little bit as one of those you know, perks in the game. But I think Built to Last is going to increase because guess what? If I'm running Built to Last with Inner Healing with Streetwise with Adrenaline, I'm going to be able to heal myself in a locker while I'm simultaneously using Built to Last to replenish my toolbox, therefore allowing me to complete generators faster. Actually, I would probably replace Streetwise with Overzealous. I think that would be a cool little combination. So there's going to be some like really cool new metas that I think will emerge from these major changes if they all go through as Behavior has mentioned here in the notes. So I'm, I'm extremely excited, needless to say. I'm going to be running a lot more Survivor because I'm really intrigued to see how these new perks and metas shake up. I do, however, think that as a killer main, once again, I probably run an equal amount of killer and Survivor, but I still consider myself to be a killer main because that is my preferred role of the two. I think the Mangled Effect and Sloppy Butcher should take a bit of a nerf because you're unfortunately going to have teammates that still self-heal and... Sloppy Butcher with self-heal is going to take an extremely long time when they're suffering from that mangled effects. So I think they need to tone down a little bit on those because you're going to see also an increase of, you know, anti-healing builds. And so I think that it would be in Behavior's best interest to allow the lower, you know, newbier players to be able to still heal themselves within a reasonable amount of time, even if they're dealing with Sloppy Butcher slash the mangled effect. I know that to some people, once again, that these things are extremely unfair, especially when you look at it from like really cracked nurses and really cracked blights. But at the end of the day, these really cracked nurses and these really cracked blights are winning 4Ks every single time anyways. If you look at some of the best blights and nurses in the world, they go into a public lobby, they're going to win either way. 
And honestly, for me, I don't run, you know, the typical meta perks, and I haven't for a very long time when I run as killer. So Call Brine and Overcharge being nerfed into the ground does not bother me in any capacity because I've never ran Overcharge ever. Call of Brine I've only ran on one character, and Pain Res is something that I only run in very specific scenarios depending on the killer that I'm running if I think believe them to be very weak. So I don't stack strong killer perks with strong killers. And I obviously not everyone shares in that sentiment. Everyone's different in some capacity. But I also think that people are going to hurt a lot more because, you, you know, you're going to have these really good killers destroy these survivors even more. But at the same time, I mean, the game's never going to be balanced. At the end of the day, Behavior is trying their best to get, make the game more fun. And I see it from their perspective, and I completely agree with it. And like I said, I think that just you know, dialing it down just a little bit, making the 24 seconds of the 20 would be a good change because it's, it was previously 16. So how about you just meet in the middle? It'll be nothing too crazy. It's just an additional four seconds. Of course, not including like mangled effect and some other things that can interfere. But I think these are good changes. I really, really think that the healing changes are extremely good. And I think that Dead by Daylight might be significantly more fun for me in the future. And we also don't know what the add-ons are going to do because they did a pass on the medkit add-ons, but they could really boost things up. Maybe the add-ons increase the healing speed still. We don't know. We don't know exactly what they're doing. We we do know, however, you can't heal yourself more than two times in one match, which is a really healthy and good change because there are times where you could legitimately have healed yourself like four times, depending on what you were utilizing. But I'm sure that's not including built the last and streetwise and things along those lines. And we, of course, have body knowledge, which also allows you to heal a little bit faster. We have Empathic Connection, which is a Yauchi Asakawa perk, which allows you to heal 10% faster. Very minimal. But, nevertheless, we have a bunch of perks that allow you to utilize these things. So, if you want to heal faster, you have the capability of doing so. And so, I think that's extremely important. However, with that being said, I think tunneling might become more of a problem. And that is just, in my opinion, because I just know how the community is. I deal with tunnelers all the time. As someone who runs 50% survivor, 50% killer, despite being a killer main, I still classify myself as that because that's my preferred role. Yes, technically, does that make me a killer main? No. But I do think, all in all, that we need to actually increase some numbers, whether that's like increasing the BT time, that's base kit, maybe by a couple of seconds. I don't know how outrageous that might be. And that might actually hurt me in the long run, too, because, you know, when someone's running to the exit gate, they have the extra one to two seconds. It might really benefit them, but all in all, I just feel like it's going to really hurt when the killer's just running right back the hook just to, you know, hit the survivor that they know is not fully healed based off the new times and numbers. So I think consistency is important, but we need to find a way to negate these tunnelers a little bit more. I know at Starva released a video with recommendations and suggestions to tunneling when he was talking about some possible changes. So I hope that maybe some of those get implemented alongside this most recent patch. I think off the record is going to be a lot more prevalent. And I think that and really it should be one of the most common perks in the game because it's a really easy way to counter tunneling. If a killer runs right around the corner and you're getting hit with it, well, guess what? You're still alive. You're still able to 
try to make a play in some capacity. I think off the record, I've seen a lot less utilization for whatever reason. And I don't really know why, because that's a very, very good perk. I don't know if that's because a lot more survivors in this day and age just prefer to be doing something immediately. So off the record performs very little value for them, because that's at least my thought process when it comes to off the record is as soon as I get off the hook, I'm going to a generator or I, you know, even if I'm getting tunneled, I'd rather just you know, try to take the chase again and you know put myself in the most ideal position. And off the record is really, really good, especially when you're being hard tunneled like that. But it's not always necessary. And I think that in a perfect world, we're shifting in the right direction for what is going to be a lot healthier of a game. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, I think, still need to implement some changes. I know Gearhead is getting a bit of a buff, which is extremely great to hear. You know, it's now good skill checks instead of great che great skill checks, and the aura is being revealed for a little bit longer than before, which I really, really enjoy. I think that aura reading builds has been something that I feel like is going to receive an increase because once again with a chase meta you're going to want to know where survivors are so aura reading is going to be more prevalent therefore probably making distortion a little bit more prevalent as well once again off the record hydro or as well so those two together will probably benefit you but i really really like the changes that are being implemented and i'll say it a million times over but I still think that 20 seconds would probably be a little bit of a better number. And I know some people have major concerns with this. But this is coming from a perspective of wanting the game to be in a healthier state. I think behavior is taking the right steps in doing so. I personally think that the diversity of killer perks is also going to increase significantly more. I think that that is a very good thing. Because I feel like we've just kind of been stuck in the same meta. I would say literally out of 10 matches, I would say 7 out of 10 is... Pain Res, Dead Man Switch, Call of Brine, Eruption, Overcharge. And I think Eruption's still going to be a good perk, by the way. I, I think that people are sleeping on the fact that Eruption is still there. I mean, Eruption is still going to take 10% off of total progress. That's still good. And Eruption also gives you Aura Reading on top of Gearhead. And Call of Brine, despite being pretty much nerfed into the ground, is still going to give you the ability to know when a survivor goes back onto that generator if they hit a good skill check. I think there is still utilization for some of these perks, all in all. I don't think they're going to be as good as they once were, obviously, because of the nerfs. But I think that we're shifting away from a 3-gen meta, more into a chase meta. I think you're going to see more of a... I, I wouldn't say these are terribly uncommon, but more Spirit Fury and Enduring, more focused on chase. Bamboozle has been really popular lately, at least based off of my experiences as playing as a survivor. So maybe you'll see more of a resurgence of that perk as well than before, because it forces you to utilize a pallet faster than you would normally have to. So all in all, I just think that these changes are really good. It's going to shift up the meta. It's going to lead to more of a chase-based game, and I think that is one of the more important aspects of the game. And it'll also, I think, oddly enough, I think, you know, it just diversify things. It'll increase stealth builds. It'll increase the utilization of, you know, good survivors turn into great survivors because people realize they're going to have to be a lot more efficient in chases because it's going to be a lot more important now with this new meta. I personally prefer to be injured. So that's not, no problem to me. And I know a lot of people are extremely concerned with the dead hard update that is going to be implemented into the game if it good, fully goes through. But I think that's a really healthy change. However, I did hear a really good change. I'll uh, just add the person, but Scott Jund, he was actually mentioning in a video the other day about how maybe, you know, instead of making it a condition-based perk, 
because I know a lot of people aren't happy with that, you know, because they think they should just be able to utilize an endurance perk at any point in time. And personally, I have no problem with the change of the dead heart, and that's one of my go-to perks now that I run a for-the-people altruistic build. But I think the condition is fine, but I've also heard, like, maybe reducing the, you know, ability to drop a pallet right after using dead heart, so you miss, like, a hex blood favor for a couple seconds is a really cool idea. Obviously, you wouldn't see the entity block in the pallet, but I think that would be really cool nevertheless to see, so people can't just do it right at pallets. And so what you can do is... When you dead hard, the survivor, or killer rather, can wait it out. And it'll actually be that true 50-50 mind game. Because you can't just, you know, wait it out and then drop the pallet. Or, you know, if you if you do do it and the survivor, or I don't know why I'm saying survivor, but the killer waits it out, the survivor can't just then drop the pallet. So then the killer is able to down the survivor and they wasted their dead hard. So I think they're really good changes implemented into the game all in all. I still stand by that in every sense of the word. I think this is going to be a really good change for the game if utilized correctly. But once again, in the wrong hands, it's just going to make killers a lot more impressive. And that's just really sad. I also think you're going to see more of an increase in stealth killers, which is something that I really enjoy seeing. As Michael Myers is actually one of my favorite killers to play as I am... I'm a Wraith me now just because Zuni has become boring like with... Pyramid Head, you can try to do some cool flick shots, but if you're actually trying to like win the match and you're pretty much getting free zoning with Pyramid Head, you're getting free zoning with Deathslinger, and zoning's kind of boring. I think the chase itself is the most fun aspect, and so Wraith for me is one of those killers that I just really enjoy playing as because I'm actually getting that full experience, whether I, you know, I'm mind gaming a survivor or I'm just able to you know make the right play and down them sooner rather than later. But either way, I really like Wraith, and I think that he holds... You know, I think sentimental value to me as well since he was my first main and then I switched to Blight, but now I'm back to Wraith because Blight is just way too oppressive. Like, I, I always ran aura reading. I would say I got 4Ks like 80% of the time, which obviously isn't 100%, so it's not like I was the best in the world with them. You know, there was obviously juicers that, you know, left me, you know, wanting to cry. <laughs> but all in all, you know, I just think that Blight is really strong. And I think the MMR system being the way that it is right now, on a random side note, kind of getting reverted a little bit back towards the old days of DVD. You, sometimes you get absolute juicers, and sometimes you just get survivors that are just really chill. And so, you know, it's really back and forth with the competition there you're going to get. I know some people really like that, and some people don't. I personally, I think it's cool to not have to experience a try-hard lobby every single time, because I don't really run perks that leave for that to happen, right? So if I'm not running all gen slow down currently and I go against, you know, absolute juicers, it's like, damn, I have to try my ass off. And I just don't feel like doing that. Sometimes I just like chilling, listening to music, playing the video game. And so it's really nice when I get the opportunity to do that. I know I've said it a million times before, but all in all, I'm extremely happy with the updates that are being implemented into the game. They've also considered a couple of changes with the maps such as Blood Lodge and Gas Heaven, which will make stealth killers a little bit more viable. I'm happy with the visual terror radius, as I mentioned in the previous podcast. I think that's going to be really nice as long as they don't mess it up and it somehow injures, you know, the killers in some way. And what I mean by that is just a visual glitch where Wraith somehow still has a terror radius. But I do want to talk about this one more time. It is so disheartening to see hillbillies, doom and grievings, and death grievings add-ons getting nerfed. We don't know the percentage-wise, and I know some people don't care about that, but that is extremely disheartening. Literally, I listened to some streamers, and 
I think there's one in particular that is extremely upset about the changes to Billy, and it might make them quit Billy, and there's very few Billys left out there. I think that Billy is the hardest killer to master in the entire game, and a curved Billy is the most impressive killer to me in all of Dead by Daylight, and so it's extremely discouraging to see you know, a Billy main essentially stepping their foot down and walking away. So I'm really sad to see that they're potentially nerfing those add-ons, and I'm convinced they're only doing it because of analytical numbers that they have on the back end, seeing that more often than not, Billy mains that run those add-ons absolutely crush it, and they get a lot of 4Ks. And that's just because they've spent countless hours, you know, 4,000, 5,000 hours becoming the best that they can be, learning every aspect of the map, learning all the hitboxes, learning all the potential routes, how much they have to flick, and yet they're just kind of getting the short end of the stick, and that just makes me so, so, so sad. I was legitimately angry on the podcast the other day when I was recording it because it disheartens me, because literally, I would say eight out of ten times when I'm on Twitch, I'm literally watching Billy Mains play DBD, because I just find the gameplay to be so incredibly fascinating, and honestly astonishing so hopefully they revert that change because that is extremely unnecessary especially with how little i even come across billies and dbd i still think that they did an absolute disservice to some of the add-ons here you know, instead of making the movement speed on pig base kits 10 percent, they literally just decided to add it to an add-on that's probably still not going to get utilized at all they just, I swear, for almost all of these add-ons, instead of actually reworking them to make them healthier or to make them better, they just decided to take a second and say, hey, these add-ons are never utilized, so we're going to minorly increase the numbers to make them more viable. But the problem is that if they're not being used, a minor, minor increase is not going to suddenly increase the utilization of these add-ons, which is sad. But... I like how we're trying to prioritize perks as the healing instead of medkits. I still think altruistic healing should be reverted back to the original numbers, but maybe they reduce Sloppy Butcher a little bit, slash the Mangled status, and then we're in a little bit better of a state. I know I've said it multiple times that I'm extremely happy with the direction that we're going. Unfortunately, the direction we're going might be a bad direction depending on how everything goes. I know that it's already on paper, according to Behavior, I think it's like a 60-40 in terms of, you know, killers, you know, winning, right? Which is, to Behavior, a 2K. But I just think that at the end of the day, this is just going to make the best killers more oppressive, which is scary. And it's going to make really newbie survivors not be able to do anything at all, which is also sad. Because I think the game is important to be noob-friendly. But, you know... I think that the direction we are going is the right direction. I'm just curious to see what type of tweaks behavior makes as time progresses to make it friendly to all aspects of MMR. Like I said, there's perks to negate the effects of the 24 seconds. We'll make it. Autodidact. Body knowledge. Solidarity. Resurgence. Empath, you know, empathic connection, the list goes on. So I think these changes all in all are going to be good for the game. It's going to change up the meta. It's going to make the game more interesting. I think that, honestly, I think Killer's just going to be a little bit more oppressive, which is scary because, once again, tunneling is a huge fear of mine because tunneling legitimately ruins games for people for no reason. 
and I will never understand it. Like, it literally, oh, it just blows my mind that people just feel an undying need to tunnel. And I know people are like, but you've tunneled before. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, literally, I've plenty of times I've unintentionally tunneled. And, you know, I've literally said, on oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was the person I previously hooked when I see that their second hook state. But when you're streaming, you're not paying attention. You're just mindlessly chasing survivors while talking with chat. It happens. And I've legitimately let that person let you get hatched at the end of the game. And I've intentionally made a conscious effort to not go back after them in the past. So, you know, it is what it is. People are going to be upset regardless of how people play anyways. I know whenever I play killer on stream, I will get a 12 hook game. And people will still complain that I played like an asshole when I run no slowdowns as it is. So you, you can never make people happy at the end of the day, whether it's a killer or a survivor. So all behavior can really do on their end is try to make the game as fair as possible and as fun as possible. And I think they're taking the steps in the right direction. And hopefully the community as a whole can collectively agree to try to play in a little bit of a nicer or more fun way. So I, I think that if things go right, once again, tunneling won't be as necessary and you know holding three gens won't be as necessary either. But you can also make the counter argument that three gens are still going to be a problem. And this is going to be my final point of today's podcast. And people might be wondering, well, if they're nerfing all of these three-gen you know, <laughs> three gen perks, well, shouldn't it be easy? Well, no. No, it's not. Because the problem is, I still think the Circle of Healing is pretty much just chalked. But I could be wrong. Maybe we're going to see some utilization with it when people are running Resurgence and Solidarity and Circle of Healing. That you might find some value out of it still. And once again, it's still a good synergy with Overzealous since you can boon a totem and get Overzealous value. And that you only you don't only get five uses out of that. You get infinite since you can always reboon a totem, which could also lead to Shattered Hope being a little bit more applicable. Fun fact of the day. But I do really want to see the game go in a healthy direction. But technically, if you're holding on to a 3-gen with still these overcharge and Colbrine meta and people are injured, you could still technically hold a 3-gen because it takes significantly longer for the survivors to heal, therefore allowing the you know the generators to regress at close to the same rate than before. So you could technically see nothing change. People could still hold on to three gens fairly easily. So especially if they're running Sloppy Butcher with that build, it's going to take a lot longer to heal. So you really might still see three gens being a factor in the game. And I think at the end of the day, it's impossible to get rid of it. And my best example is I literally, when I was trying to get my adept for Bubba, it took me legitimately like 14 games. It was absolutely disgusting. But I think that when I was running Bubba and I was holding a three gen during the, one of the matches... I was literally trying to avoid using my chainsaw and just focusing on M1, and I didn't run any actual gen slowdown. I was running Enduring, Spirit Fury, oh, no, I wasn't, duh, it was my Adept. So I was running Franklin's Demise, Barbecue and Chili, and Knockout, and I was holding a 3 gen, and I was still able to hold the 3 gen throughout the match and still maintain a 4-kill match. And the reason I was able to do that is just because survivors are so scared of being insta-downed and so they'll run early, and then you kick the generator, and then you reposition. And I hate being that guy, but when you're trying to get an adept for a killer that you're really struggling with for whatever reason, that's just what you got to do at the end of the day. Really, I didn't think Bubba should have been that difficult, but for whatever reason, he, he really was. But that, at least for me, I'm not saying that you know for other people he was, but I just felt like I couldn't chainsaw at all. Otherwise, I would just automatically lose out on that ability to get all iridescent. But I'm happy at the end of the day with the changes that are being made to the game. Feel free to comment and disagree. 
because I respect everyone's opinions. I think everyone's entitled to feel that they the way they feel. I know content creators also don't necessarily share the same feelings. Odd Starve and Scott Jun feel quite differently, for example. Like one's really concerned and one's pretty excited about it. And I would have to go and the side of being excited. I just think that this is going to be a meta-defining change with all perks being mixed up. I think that perks are going to be more diversified. Now, I just like that. I, I love change. I talked about it in my last podcast how I come from a Call of Duty background, and a meta shakeup was always really fun for me. So, I'm excited to see what the future holds, and I hope all of you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you all so much for stopping by, and per usual, stay safe in the fog.